Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast, Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf. Today, we discuss what the New York Knicks should do with Emmanuel quickly. It's a tough question. We'll tell you why. And then, will there be a big trade before the deadline? Those two things could be related. We'll tell you all about it right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. If you want to become an everydayer, one of my best friends, there are plenty of spots open. Uh, you can do so by subscribing on YouTube, hitting that notifications bell so you never miss an episode on the video side of things. And then, of course, doing the same on your podcast platform of choice. All right, that was a little bit of a joke. But if you really want to be close with us, uh, now you can because we have this new thing called subtext. Uh, both the link to subscribe and the actual number to text is in the episode description. And it's just like what it sounds. You get to text us anytime you want as many Knicks questions as possible, and you'll get our initial thoughts on any big trades, our first thoughts after games, uh, maybe some bonus conversations, some bonus content. We're still working out the details on that. Maybe some giveaways, lots of cool stuff on subtext. So please, please, please join us there. But uh, who's shilling for subs? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. He's Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the Strickland, the greatest Knicks website in the whole wide world. And Alex, we have a conversation that we we have touched on at points and one that is near and dear to my heart um, and also could absolutely break my heart if it goes bad. The question comes from at Jazz Prince 4447 and they want to know, do you see a future where quickly is a starting point guard on our team if he takes a next step or do you see him wanting a trade if he doesn't get an increase in minutes? Alex, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we got another question as well that was very much in the same vein. So I'll just lump that in now and we could just roll with this for like two segments. Another question from YouTube at CoachCR617 wanted to know, the Knicks did right by Obi by sending him somewhere he can hopefully get paid and start. They did it late, but they did it nonetheless. Do you see them doing this for IQ, knowing he will get you pieces in return or a superstar is a piece to a deal? So it's sort of two different approaches to that question, right? But same general uh, uh, sentiment and I go back and forth on this so, you know we talked a little bit about it at the end of last show and I feel like this would be a good opportunity to get more into it now but you know I think that we've realized uh, and hopefully the Knicks have realized at this point that quickly you know has the goods and you know no matter what whether he's shooting well or he's not shooting well I mean I, I'll be the first one to say I think that he should have played better in the playoffs I wish he had uh, I wish he had shot better. And yet you also look at the numbers and he was still a positive when he was on the floor. And that's sort of the beauty of this guy as a player is that even if he's not shooting well, he does so many of the little things right. Basically never makes bad decisions. He hardly ever turns the ball over. Like, you know, on offense, you can always count on him to keep the ball moving and make the right pass uh, or take the shot if it's the best one afforded to him. Uh, on defense, you know, you could trust him to not gamble too much, to just be like a a steady piece on your defense that's going to keep his guy in front of him and play good team defense. I I think that he has earned the ability to have that consistent 25 to 30 minutes at this point. 
And the Knicks did seem to realize that this past year. And yet, uh, I don't know if he's super close to starting yet, which is sort of the the first part of the first question. So maybe we can get into that first. Like, I think that the Knicks view Quentin Grimes as the starting shooting guard. I think that Tibbs especially, who seems to have these very like predetermined roles of who guys are in his head, views quickly as like the sixth man. Like he's the guy that's going to come off the bench. And he has played that role really, really well. Uh, so I, I don't totally blame that. And he, it's Tibbs has always said it's more about who closes games than who starts them. I guess that's going to be sort of the sticking point here. You know, maybe quickly wouldn't be bothered about not being a starter, but if he starts not closing games and we start seeing like Dante DiVincenzo in there instead of him or Quentin Grimes and RJ Barrett more, Quentin Grimes and Josh Hart out there with Jalen Brunson, because you could pretty much slot in Jalen Brunson and most nights Julius Randle as guarantees there and most nights Mitchell Rob well actually no not most nights every night you're gonna no matter what have Mitchell Robinson or Isaiah Hardenstein closing as your center because Tibbs will not there would not be a day where he ever says let's go super small and throw Julius Randall at the five we've we've seen that's just not going to happen so basically quickly is going to have to be in one of two spots which could be occupied by either him uh Josh Hart R.J. Barrett or Dante DiVincenzo any given night. And that's going to, I think, uh, possibly create some hurt feelings. Uh, Maybe not necessarily from Hart or DiVincenzo since they seem, you know, they're already buddy-buddy with Jalen Brunson and all this other stuff, you know, whatever. Maybe they're they're at different points in their career as well. Like, they're later on, so maybe they just kind of understand the biz at this point. But for quickly and R.J., I think that there's potential for some hurt feelings there uh, late in games because it's – there's going to be a lot of times where those guys are getting mixed and matched quite a bit. Yeah. I have made this argument before. I think you have to start Emmanuel quickly to begin this year. Let, let's just, let's just talk about how good the Knicks were when Emmanuel quickly was on the floor during the regular season. They were um, plus 12 um, off or excuse me. They were they, they're net. They had a net rating of plus 12 per hundred possessions when he was on the floor out of every player in the NBA. That is in the 98th percentile. So I would paint him as, again, like a top 20 or so player in the NBA. Um, offensively, they scored 123 points per 100 possessions. That was 97th percentile in the NBA. Defensively, they scored uh, or they allowed 111 points per 100 possessions. That's 87th percentile in the NBA. In the playoffs, where to your point, he looked like a deer in the headlights. And it kind of makes sense that he did. Because for all but like the gods of the league, which is uh, basically talking about someone like Luka Doncic, like most guys do look like here in the headlights um, the first time they're in the playoffs. But that that aside, that aside, despite that, when he was on the court, they were plus 20, plus 20 and a half. So we can round that up to 21 when he was on the court. Offense, 87th percentile. Defense, 100th percentile of all playoff defenses when he was on the court. And important caveat that a lot of that was against the Cavs. A lot of that was with Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell off the floor. And Cleveland didn't have a whole lot of depth. So it was a good matchup to post those numbers. That has to be noted. But this is a guy who put up 23 points, five assists, five rebounds, shot 47% from the field, 40% from three, 85% from the line. As a starter, that is not a, is he a sixth man? That is a all-star. And you are going to be undersized if you play him at the two, especially because I think they should also play Quinn Grimes at the three and put RJ Barrett off the bench and very quickly, and no pun intended, try to take one of RJ or Grimes out, maybe five minutes into the game, and then sub them back in with the second unit so you have enough shooting on the second unit. That's fine. But he should start. He should finish. 
every single night. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I I think it's often overlooked just how well he and Brunson play together. Um, you know, for as much as made of how well Grimes and Brunson play together and how well Grimes spaces the floor for that starting lineup and stuff, having two guys that can handle the ball and, you know, operate as well off ball as they do with Brunson and quickly is super valuable. And I, I think that that would be, I, I think that him starting does make a ton of sense. And I think it's often kind of overlooked as like this, but I think that has a lot to do with Tibbs and the fact that that's just kind of how he views quickly at this point. It took him this long just to even view quickly as like a viable for sure. Sixth man that can definitely, you know, have like 25 minutes a game to his name. Um, so, I, you know, as, as much as I wish that, the Knicks would come to that conclusion. I feel like they're fairly locked in on what that starting lineup is going to be. And unfortunately, we're probably just going to see quickly as the sixth man again, uh, which leads us to the sort of the second part of this question, uh, which is uh, from both these guys about if the Knicks need to entertain the idea of just moving quickly, if they're not going to offer him a, a legit path to starting, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But first, I have to remind you all that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can do that for the Jets or Giants, too, if you're feeling if you're feeling froggy. You know, I mean, they both, they both have some pretty good prospects. Giants coming off a good year. Going into a uh, you know a, another season where they hopefully hope to build on that success, and the Jets obviously pretty pretty new look for them this year. So we'll see how things go. And you can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props, over unders, and more. Perhaps a same game parlay. One of my favorite things to do, especially for a football game. So easy. It's like playing fantasy almost. So visit FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon. All right, Gavin, we're back in to continue this discussion. And uh, I guess, the, you know, so you made really good points on why quickly should be a starter, I think, in that last segment. I think that if we we're both looking at it from a purely objective point of view and, well, I should say, actually, I guess it would be more subjective, right? Like we're viewing it through the lens of you have to view this through Tibbs' eyes, sort of. And, and I, I don't think that there's a world where quickly is going to start this year. Unfortunately, unless there's some injury calamity or something that happens that that forces it to be, even if we both think that he could reasonably be a two guard and, you know, defend any two that you throw at him in the NBA and, you know, play off ball, on ball, whatever you need out of him. I just don't see the Knicks making that move. If that's the case, do you see a world where either he asks out or the Knicks sort of view it like, I mean, I don't know. You could say chicken or the egg. I, I don't know if the Knicks uh, saw the Obi Toppin situation and said, let's do better by him, or if Obi Toppin's requested it behind the scenes that he get a new you know, place to play. But no matter what, that, that situation ended how it ended because he just wasn't able to find a viable path to the role that he thinks that he can play in the NBA. Do you think there's a chance that maybe that happens with quickly at some point this year or, or possibly in the next season? Yeah, to me, it's mostly about quickly asking out because let me I'll, I'll make a, a broader point here like the Knicks employ one of the deepest analytics staffs in the NBA 
I think there are probably like powerful voices in this organization in, in Leon Rose's ear and like via the game of telephone in Tibbs's ear saying like, hey, like he should be guaranteed to close every game. Like, hey, he probably should be starting every single game. Um, and we, we I think Prez noted it um, last time he was on. Like, I think there was a reason we had got Evan Fournier like out of our lives pretty early last season. It's that Tibbs is willing to make changes like when they can be presented over the offseason. It's just that during the year, he gets very locked in. I'm with you, though, because I think he has he's, he's a bit. Uh, I guess not a size queen. He's a bit of a size king. Like he really, really, really wants to match up from that perspective. And it's hard to talk him out of it. And I think that is, that is his safe spot. And you know what? There might be something to that that goes beyond analytics. There might be something to that in terms of like slowing down the other team in certain matchups, like quickly maybe wouldn't be as good of a defender if he has to guard twos instead of threes. Grimes might not look like as good of a defender if he has to guard threes instead of twos consistently. Maybe that would just wear them down too much during the regular season. They wouldn't be as good offensively. Like, like I'm sure there are factors that we're not considering that Tibbs, who's done this for a long time, um, is, and maybe there's a counter argument there, but I don't really see it. So that aside, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a big issue in Emmanuel Quickly's camp. Like if he is not, either starting or playing 30 minutes a game this year and finishing every single game. I think to me, that would be the middle ground where you can kind of pacify him, especially if he has an extension somewhere in the range of four years for a hundred million, because to me, like that number, like if it's high enough, that goes a long way and quickly finishing games that goes a long way to him being like, all right, maybe I don't have to start, but I just read out to you his numbers as a starter. Like if he is, if he like thinks in his mind, Hey, I could go to another team and be an all-star and then maybe have another contract extension when I'm 28, that's worth, 220 million dollars like he's not crazy for thinking that but when fred katz talked to like a whole bunch of executives and agents this offseason um they were more so in the range of like 80 90 million like one guy was even arguing like that he shouldn't be in the same category as a tyler hero or jordan Poole. he said quote i would see it more like colin sexton who got a four-year 71 million dollar contract i don't think there's a world where you could argue quickly is on the same level as pool and hero those are guys who've done the playoffs quickly he's done the regular season but he's had playoff struggles i would say that guy's an idiot because I think quickly is a far better player than both those guys. But that being said, like the Knicks, like if they're going to play devil's advocate, if they're going to make this a tough negotiation, which Alex, like I'm curious your take on this. I think they probably have given that we haven't gotten a deal yet. Um, they could try to talk quickly down and then maybe go up and get it to again, somewhere in the range of $25 million a year over four years. And maybe that's his, a number where even if he's coming off the bench, both sides are happy. Yeah, I don't know that it's been I, – I wouldn't guess that it's been like a particularly contentious negotiation so far. I think that they're probably just doing the same thing they did last year where they're going to hold out until at least like the end of August, beginning of September before they start entertaining extension talks. They do have like literally up until I think the first day of the regular season, I think, to negotiate uh, quickly as extension. So it's – it's something they have a long runway for, and I think they're going to take advantage of that. Both sides are. Uh, I think in large part because they're thinking if a big deal does come up, you know, let's say that James Harden gets dealt from Philly and then Joel Embiid requests a trade, like they might want to include quickly in that trade package. And then, you know, they don't want to have him preloaded with an extension, which then makes it more difficult to trade and makes it so that the team receiving him can't, negotiate their own extension um so i think that's probably the main motivator there between you know they're not being an extension already reported on yet or even like really like concrete discussions that we've heard so far um 
But as far as like what it might take to placate him, I, I'm with you. I think that they're going to need to find him like a consistent like 30 or so minutes per game because if he's not starting, he's going to want to at least show that he can do what a starter can do. And like he's made no uh, made no secret the fact that he like looked up to like Lou Williams, for example, which he's maybe like the most classic example of a guy that started way fewer games than he came off the bench in his career and yet carved out an amazing career for himself. Um, and, you know, it was a key part of a lot of really good teams by being a six man coming in there, sort of providing the shock off the bench and then, you know, ultimately closing a lot of games with scoring impact and stuff. So um, I guess we'll see, but I, I could see that being a viable path, but I do think short of that, there might start being some rumblings of some tension by the end of this year. Yeah. I think I, again, where, where I hold up is like, like he, his regular season showing suggested someone who should have higher aspirations and should want to start somewhere someday. And there's just like, I mean, we've, we've kind of talked around it, but we should just flat. It's like, he's never, he's obviously never going to be the point guard in New York, as long as Jalen Brunson's here. Right. Like it's not going to happen. Like he's, he's not going to be the guy taking the last shot. And I don't know, like he's had moments like that. Like, of course, like we, we remember that Celtics game and like you go back to his rookie year, you remember that, that Blazers game, like there are nights, but that's sort of the difference between again, the guys who finished their NBA career making one or two all-star teams and have great careers. And the guys who are super duper stars are like, like, do you do it every night? And like, we've, there's been some inconsistency at points there, like in his efficiency when he's been given a big role, obviously, like, I, I think this is a very different conversation. Like if he had the same playoffs that he had the last 30 games, of the regular season, I think it would be give, give, give our guy 30, like 30 million a year, or he's out. But the playoffs like open up a window for the Knicks. Like it opened up a window for quickly to like take a little less and take a little bit less of a role. Like to me, it's just like, how does he view himself at the end of the day? Yeah, pretty much. And I guess only time will tell and we'll, we'll see as far as that. But, uh, we're going to take our final break, come back in, and we'll talk about if we think there's another trade potentially on the way. Uh, it could be anything. It could be a boat. It could be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, coming up next on Locked on Knicks. All right, and we're back in, Gavin, for our final segment of this episode. And this is this is very simple, very open-ended. Uh, this comes to us from YouTube, uh, YouTube community tab. Uh, at Some Are Chosen. Uh, wants to know, do you think there's another trade on the way? I guess we're, <laughs> we're the ones chosen to answer this question. Um, we are chosen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there is. I, I think we've, we've, we've kind of talked around this a bit. We actually, we ended last episode talking about something kind of similar. Um, I just have a gut instinct that things are not quite settled yet. I don't think anything is going to happen before the start of the regular season. I think the Knicks are pretty comfortable going into the year. I don't think they're, they're clearly like, I mean, they, I guess they have some emergency options between Jericho Sims, between uh, Nathan Knight, Isaiah Roby for power forward. Like, I, I think they may be led by that analytics heavy staff feel pretty good about saying like, Hey, let's like find a way to get some more shooting on the floor. Like force Tibbs to play Josh Hart at power forward, force him to, excuse me, occasionally play RJ Barrett at power forward. Um, but there is clearly insurance baked in at the guard position. It's why they got DiVincenzo. It's why they want to keep Deuce McBride for the time being, like whether it's Grimes whether it's quickly, whether it's RJ, like I, I would be surprised if heading into next regular season, the 24, 25 season, man, that sounds like a long time away, but it's not um, all those guys are still on the roster. And I think the idea right now is that that is going to be for an eventual like star trade. I think there's a world where it's an OG and a Nobi level guy, 
or it's a, it's a smaller deal and you're trading someone off the bench just to bring in another lengthy wing and you're flipping, I don't know. I mean, it would be soon to trade DiVincenzo, but it, that, that's what makes it hard. Like, because there's just, there's just not an obvious candidate to trade for someone like an RJ or not RJ bear or Robert Covington or Nick Batum, but that's kind of the mold of guy they would want. But just because they have so much depth, Alex, I think when they make their move, it's going to be a big one. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's what they're ultimately holding out for. Um, so it, to answer the question, do I think there's a trade on the way? Yes. The big question is when, and I think that's what nobody knows, but at some point the Knicks are going to have to make a trade. I think the big thing is, and like, this is like one of my favorite like go-to catchphrases on the show. It's like uh, rookie contracts aren't rookie contracts forever and they have an expiration date and the expiration expiration date is coming due on almost all the young players on the Knicks team now. And because of the fact that they haven't made any draft picks for two years, they're now drastically low on, on guys like that too, like depth pieces that they can say, well, we still got, you know, three more years before you got to pay Quentin Grimes or whatever, or like two more years before you got to pay Emmanuel quickly. Like those, those clocks run out fast, like, and rent comes due pretty quick as far as getting these guys paid. And we've already seen it. Like RJ Barrett got paid already and is going to make like 25 plus million dollars a year. And then you have Emmanuel quickly who could potentially get paid by the end of this off season and might be making upwards of 20 million. You're going to have Josh Hart signing an extension that could potentially pay him upwards of like $18 million a year. Cause he kind of, he kind of took a bath a little bit for the Knicks, like so that they could sign Dante DiVincenzo this year and stuff. So like, he's probably going to get around the most of what he can get because he did the Knicks a favor. Um, you have, you know, Quentin Grimes going to be potentially extended by this time next year. And it's just a lot of Jalen Brunson up for J- an extension. And, and we could, this is maybe a topic for another day, but when Jalen Brown gets 300 million, What's Jalen Brunson getting? <laughs> uh, he, he's getting his supermax, most likely. Whatever he can get, like the most that he can get with the Knicks is probably what he is going to get on that next contract. So you have a lot of guys that are going to be due a lot of money in the next couple of years. And if you don't consolidate them now, it's going to become more difficult to consolidate them in the future towards a, a really good player, you know, towards making that star trade because – you know, you might be trading for a guy that makes like $50 million or something, which makes it useful to have a guy like RJ making like $25 million and potentially a guy like quickly making like 20 But then once you start getting into, oh, crap, like three of our guys are making like almost $30 million between them. How do you package those three guys now to get, a, a you know, a star player? Because the stars can make maximum like $50, 60000000 million, uh, which is a ton of money by itself. But you know, then you start looking at the luxury tax too, and things just start getting really messy. Like, if the Knicks don't make a consolidation trade soon and don't kind of make that like move where they push in for a star, it's going to be a lot more difficult to build a roster uh, because they're just going to be super capped out. And then there's all these restrictions placed on luxury tax teams now, where if you're in that higher luxury tax bracket, you lose your mid-level exception. You can't sign guys via that anymore, like what they signed DiVincenzo with this year. Um, you lose your biannual exception. Like you lose everything and basically can only sign veteran minimum players at a certain point and even get more restricted on trades and everything else. So it's it's a it's an interesting place the Knicks find themselves where it's sort of now coming time to make a deal because I, on top of all the stuff I just mentioned with contracts, they even have all these protected picks that 
could potentially all pay out at once in any yeah. given year as well. Uh, as soon as potentially this year, you know, they might end up with like three first round picks or something, which we've seen the Knicks have no interest in bringing in multiple first round talents anymore just due to playing time and everything else. So, um, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting year for the Knicks and and certainly one where they ha- they're going to have to take a real honest assessment of what they have on their roster and say, do we need to make a trade at this point? Like, is this not just a luxury anymore, but sort of a necessity? Yeah, and I... The more we talk about it, the more I think they do. Because everyone, everyone on in, in every sport ever likes to say we too deep, but the Knicks are too deep, and it's a problem. It's it's going to be a substantial. Like, I mean, even Julius, like he'll he'll be eligible for an extension this offseason. I'm I'm fairly no next offseason. I'm fairly sure. And at a certain point, I mean, it's just not you're going to lose these guys for nothing, and it's going to come down to again. What kills me about it is I think at some point you're going to have to pick between Quickly and Grimes. And that sucks because they're both awesome. I both want them to be Knicks for their entire careers. But I think one of those guys is going to have to go away. And if you're going to have to go through that pain, you better hope you're getting uh, – it's, it's in the form of your star deal. So the Knicks have to be patient. They've been patient. They also have to be opportunistic. And they have to continue to strike that balance. They have to strike when the iron's hot. They haven't done it. They've waited. They've waited. Now's the time. Um, and uh, we'll be there for you when that time comes. But until then, he's Alex Wolf. I'm Gavin Schultz. Plenty more great content coming down the road this week, and we'll talk to you all soon on our favorite podcast in the whole wide world, Locked on Knicks.